Oh my, we have so much to talk about today with our Powerhouse Roundtable. So introductions first at the table with us today, Marilee Cancio, a Miami attorney with her own firm, engaged and really active in the local and national Republican Party. Chris Smith is an attorney with the Trip Scott Law Firm in Fort Lauderdale and a former Democratic state senator. Tim Padgett is the America's correspondent for WLRN National Public Radio in South Florida and a former Miami-based Latin American bureau chief for Time Magazine. Great to have you all with us. Thank you. Welcome. We are Great so glad you were here. Tim Padgett, um, you know, I really learned a lot here from our previous guests who were deeply knowledgeable about Venezuela. And I think the lesson that I heard from all of them is, okay, the aid didn't get in yesterday. Mm but it's it's a continuing process. Exactly. This is going to take time. I think perhaps more time than particularly, for example, expats here in Venezuela thought. There was this expectation during that really exhilarating period we had last month when right. Juan Guaido declared himself mm -hmm. the legitimate president of Venezuela. There was this heightened expectation that this was going to happen overnight. Right. These things don't happen overnight. Getting rid of dictators takes time. And I think right now we're going to have to shift gears and look at the ways in, in, in the past that dictators have been dislodged in Latin America. I, my favorite example right now is Chile. I think the yeah. Venezuelan opposition has got to learn how they got rid of Augusto Pinochet back in the 1980s. Right. Not Allende. I mean, that was the wrong <laughs> That way. was the wrong I'm <laughs> talking, talking about the right-wing dictator Augusto yeah. Pinochet yeah. and, the, and the, the model effort that the opposition in that country back a generation ago put together to get rid of that guy. I think you're going to have to see something similar in this in this instance but you know, it's going to take time and, yeah. and it's it's incredible to be able to watch this minute by minute kind of unfold mary lee we were talking earlier about what a, a really bipartisan effort in south florida but all the lawmakers mm -hmm. are really very behind what the administration is doing except for the biggest criticism i've heard come from democrats is that there are still venezuelans have been over the past couple of years being deported by this administration and the president has not yet mentioned whether temporary protected status tps would be offered to venezuelans fleeing what we are watching what do you think i, I think that there's wide support for tps for venezuelans at this time but ultimately what we want is for them to be able to go back to their free and democratic country uh, and we saw today on twitter that senator marco rubio posted a picture of his idea of what's going to happen, which is a picture of General Noriega before and after. Mm. So it was brought here. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. and so uh, I think that in Venezuela, the difference, I think, with uh, Chile is that people are dying. They're starving. They don't have any That's medicine or point. food. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. But on, on the other hand, you know, Noriega was involved right. in the drug trade. Of course, and the so allegation is, yeah. is that, yes, that, that mm -hmm. Maduro and his henchmen are uh, involved as well. But Chris, I think that one of the things that the president uh, and the administration have done in Congress, uh, Senator yes. Rubio mm -hmm. particularly, they have sanctioned uh, Venezuelans at the very top you know, they've owned these high-priced condos in Miami. They fled here for weekends. I don't think they're coming here, and the sanctions couldn't continue. And, but as mentioned before, sanctions take time, and this takes time. And as I see more people talking about all, all options are on the table, I, I hope we don't go into a quick option. I hope we go into 
taking some time. And uh, on the um, point you made, it is great to see for once we have an issue in which there's some bipartisan support. We have yeah. Republicans and Democrats working together and agreeing on an issue of, of, that affects uh, our nation and affects the world. And I would hate to see us going down directions and really start making this political because it's great to see Rubio and Wasserman Schultz agreeing that something has to be done and walking in lockstep with the um, president and his administration on forcing some change. But as we talk about more options on the table and if we look towards military option or quick fixes, I think then we'll start getting a little political and I'd really hate seeing that. You yeah. know, that, that kind of bipartisanship doesn't really play nationwide. Here in South Florida, yes, but nationwide you're starting to to see people, especially some of the more liberal Democrats, but, but questioning. But Chris is right. If, if we start going down the, the military path, though, you're going to see yeah. that bipartisanship break up. I was on the phone this morning with one of Guaido's top lieutenants, who's in Cuta, and when he used that word, todas las opciones están en la mesa, all options are on the table, that's mm. the first time I'd ever heard that from the Venezuelan opposition. So it does concern yeah. me, as it did your previous guest. Do you guest. think they're, they're repeating what they've heard here? Because I've heard that in English in several <laughs> different that, events. That's my that, fear. But, yeah. And what that does is it adds fuel to that fire that Maduro loves to stoke, that this yes. is not the opposition's yeah. show, this is Trump's yeah. show, well, and but, that's dangerous. But what happened is that yesterday, when they burned that humanitarian aid, right. Right. they broke international law. So now right. it gives reason for the international community to be involved, because you cannot burn a humanitarian aid to people that are starving. Well, you think that the, was the strategy? Well, if yeah. it's the international community, I think there's nothing. But if we go in alone, if we, if the United States sends in and starts we the military, yeah. But Mari Lee's right. I think they're looking, that, and that, that tweet from mm -hmm. Senator Rubio is, is, I think, a perfect example. I think yesterday they were sort of looking for the same kind of pretext to do with right. Maduro yeah. that we did with Noriega yeah. 20 yeah. Well, so years ago. Everyone yeah. remember, I mean, I certainly remember, it was, what, 1989, uh, Noriega was brought to the United yes. States by the U.S. military. Right. I mean, after an invasion, and I, I just think that's very, very unlikely. Uh, you know, Marley, I have to say that it's worrisome that Juan Guaido is out of the country. Here we heard Helena Poleo say, okay, he got out of uh, Venezuela. They'll find a way to get him back in, but this could be problematic. I hope he gets back in. Uh, you know, Maduro yesterday broke uh, relations with Colombia. Yeah, and, and the Colombian <laughs> government's like, well, who are you? You know, yeah. we don't recognize you. <laughs> right. So I think it will be very interesting what happens tomorrow with Pence in Colombia. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, we'll have more information. But the last thing we need, though, is another Venezuelan opposition leader either in prison or in exile. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, Leopoldo Lopez, the last leader who right. people were coalescing around, did wind up while he's under house arrest right now, is he not? Yes. Yes. You know, we heard, we heard Cody talk about the uh, 60 military defections so far. Right. It, it almost seems like that's going to be the clearest path, is if the military really starts switching sides. I, I don't, I don't know if you saw yesterday when they put uh, women uh, police officers at the border yeah. and right. they were other mothers pleading for them to let the aid right. and they were crying the emotion, under. Yeah. It was yeah. the most incredible image. It, it, it was great reporting on CNN showing that right. image of There's of been the great women. reporting. My, the Miami Herald is and down there. Uh, your channel is uh, Louis Aguirre is there for us. He's done a yeah. fabulous and job. Univision so. 23 also. And, yeah. and, and local really radio here in Miami. Yeah, very good yeah. job. That's terrible. Yeah. And I think that's part of the pressure you yeah. need in order oh, to, sure. to get the change done. You have to keep it in the eyes yeah, of But, but unfortunately, we don't yeah. hear it in the national shows and it's not, not in yet. the national conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, All right. Yeah. Everybody, hold your thoughts. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about other items in the news like Governor Ron DeSantis. Stay with us.
Welcome back to a really excellent roundtable with Tim Padgett from WLRN, Marianne Concio, Senator, former state senator, Chris Smith. Chris, let me ask you and get the attorney's opinions here. Uh, I thought there was just an unbelievable ruling late this week from a federal judge in Palm Beach. Kenneth Mara held that Alex Acosta and the prosecutors in the Jeffrey Epstein case, he is the billionaire who lured all these teenage girls to his home in Palm Beach for sex, was convicted in a state court. Uh, the judge ruled that Epstein, uh, uh, that, uh, that Alex Acosta and the prosecution broke the law by not telling the victims about the plea deal. So last year we had a lot of debate about Marcy's law and the constitutional amendment. Federal has had that for a while now, that there are certain victims' rights that people have to be notified, and by not notifying those victims in a timely manner and not honestly notifying those victims, yes, federal law was broken at that time. Yeah. Well, not only federal, well, he never took this case, he declined to take this case, was my understanding to prosecute under federal sex crimes laws, which left it in the state uh, venue. And so, Mary Lee, the, the really serious consequences were moot because it never even got to that level. And, and besides hiding, you know, the, the decision this week by the federal judge was that Alex Acosta and DOJ broke the yes. law by not informing them. However, the Miami Herald, Julie Brown, who just did this Fabulous. amazing uncovered right. that this was such a sweet deal for such a horrendous crime that involved human trafficking. And yeah. now mm -hmm. Alex Acosta is the labor secretary who says his priority is cracking down on human trafficking. There's, what, what should Look. happen there, do you think? Look, again, the Miami Herald did an incredible yeah. uh, job with that reporting, it was incredible. Uh, Beyond Epstein, there's other people that were also protected. There's a lot of people that don't want this case to go anywhere. Well, it's were been over 12 unnamed years. Unnamed co-conspirators exactly. in the plea deal. And what we're seeing, especially in Palm Beach, what we saw this week, that hundreds of people were uh, found guilty or charged in that yeah, human trafficking prostitution. Yeah. Uh, we live in different times now, and I think there's a lot of people that don't want this case to go anywhere. But I agree that the, nobody took care of the victims or the victims' rights. Although uh, Acosta the Times said that was the best that he could do, right. that he was a billionaire, that he was going to be a convicted felon, uh, that he was going to be, you know, have to register as a sex offender. And at the time, that was the best that he could do. Yeah, and, and we did see in the Miami Herald last weekend a very, I thought, well done argument from Jeff Sloman, former assistant mm -hmm. U.S. attorney, the number one assistant, who said, hey, we were acting fairly, we weren't intimidated by these high-priced lawyers who Epstein hired, uh, and, and I like and respect Jeff Sloman, but in fact, this deal just stunk. As someone who covers this hemisphere, mm -hmm. where sex trafficking is ripe, rife, excuse me, what really troubles me is how easily and how cavalierly they seem to be able to ratchet down from interstate, if not international, trafficking to a mere state right. infraction yeah. that, that allowed yeah. them to make this rather underhanded yeah. deal. I, I, that's the part yeah. I just don't get. Yeah. And one thing about this is what we always say in politics is, is not the crime, it's the cover-up. And when you look at 
how this deal was kept silent and, and kept in the shadows a little bit. I think that's what a lot of people have a lot of concern with. It's the deal was bad itself, but when you look at all the evidence on how they tried to keep this deal silent, that really shows that there's a concern. I yeah. think that's where you're going to look at. All right, I, I want to pivot if we mm -hmm. can in the time that is remaining for us to talk a little bit about Governor Ron DeSantis. <laughs> uh, everywhere I go, people say to me, I am so surprised by this guy. Look what he's doing. And Marley, this week, he appointed four new members to the South Florida Water Management District. He appointed two earlier, including Ron Bergeron. All the people he has appointed are pro-environment, pro-Everglades restoration. Uh, he has done some surprising things and pleased a lot of people Absolutely. who had been critical. Absolutely. And just yesterday, he suspended 160 Scott appointments. So even Miami-Dade College, for example, only has now two out of seven trustees on the board uh, that have been confirmed by the Senate. And it's dangerous times because President Padron uh, retires in August yes. and we need uh, a new president for Miami Day College. So uh, I am sure that they're going to appoint some very good people very shortly. I, yeah. I would love to hear from uh, the former Democratic <laughs> state senator who, who, you know, the governor is pleasing and surprising a lot of Democrats with some of his moves and maybe not so much with others. What do you think? Well, I think he's going back to, let me take you back to 99 when Governor Jeb Bush took over. I think you saw from then an abdication of the legislature of their power and, you know, Jeb Bush is certainly using a lot of power from the governor's mansion to fundamentally change this state. During the Scott era, there was legislature came back, but I see with DeSantis, he's doing more of the Jeb Bush model. He's changing this state and using the governor's mansion is, is kind of a bully pulpit. So is that, a, is that a good thing? I think in some cases, in some cases, it's a very good thing. I've been very impressed with some of his decisions. Um, of course, I've been very vocal about his removals yeah. in Broward County, but yeah. uh, sometimes you need a leader. And he's shown that he's, he's going to be a leader, whether you like it or not. He's going yeah. to be a strong leader and exert his power throughout the state. He is assertive. He, he is a strong leader, I don't think, any question. I think the question, and we'll come back for another day and talk about education and the tax credit scholarships, that yeah. might be a little different he, for Democrats. The, the governor was at the uh, President Trump event for Venezuela on Monday. He was there. He's He's... Socialism has been his buzzword since the campaign. Florida will not be socialist. The United States will not be socialist. He said it again on Monday. That is the other troubling aspect of this Venezuela approach, is that when we see President Trump and his administration appropriate this humanitarian crisis in Venezuela for political ends, mm -hmm. uh, it, it does tend to dilute the power of the Venezuelan opposition's message. And I do worry that if they keep going down that road, it, it could really compromise the effort in Venezuela to overthrow Maduro. All right, Tim yeah. Padgett, thank you. Marley Cancio, Chris Smith, always great to thank have you. you here. Thanks.